Hi, welcome to Modern Ancestral Mamas. We're glad you're here. Modern Ancestral Mamas is a show by mamas for mamas. We want to bring ancestral food, cooking, eating, and living to the everyday modern mom. We want to make this accessible and doable. We are moms and we get it. We don't always have time to make our own bread and spend tons of time figuring out how to feed our families. That's why we're starting this podcast. We wanted to be a spot of encouragement and a source of knowledge to help you nourish your family. So whether you're a new mom or a seasoned vet, whether you stay at home with your littles or you work full time, whether you've been doing this ancestral lifestyle for years or you're new to this world, welcome. We cannot wait to journey with you. So this is our sort of episode zero, our prequel. This is where we wanted to kind of introduce ourselves and introduce the podcast, kind of like a a teaser. So um, Christine, we're going to do a a bit of a um, a what's in season. And right now it's October, right? So pumpkin is in season. And I want to know what's your favorite way to use pumpkin? Great question. Everyone is so obsessed with pumpkin as soon as October hits. Right. <laughs> um, I had to think about this one. So the two ways that I like to use pumpkin are um, bone marrow custards. So what I'll do is I'll take like a canned puree pumpkin, or you can puree your own pumpkin, uh, depending on how much time you have. And I add it to the bone marrow custard. And that's one of my favorite ways and my kids' favorite ways to eat pumpkin. And then the second... Wait, can I ask you a question? Do you use the recipe from um, Nourishing Traditions? For the... The custard. The custard. Actually, I fall, I use a recipe from Nourished Kitchen. I think it's Nourished okay. Kitchen. She has a bone marrow custard, like a sweet bone marrow custard recipe. Mm-hmm. And that's the base And oftentimes I'll just add different flavors to it. One of them being pumpkin. Nice. Okay. Second. Um, The second way is just making bread, like a simple pumpkin bread. Yeah. Yum. Keeping it easy. Okay. So I was a little nervous you were going to steal my way, but you didn't. Oh. So (laughs) my favorite way, and I've been doing this for years is to make a pumpkin chili. And so instead, or it's not instead, but in addition to using like, you know, your basic chili recipe, we usually use like a a combination of beef or venison and um, sausage. And sometimes we'll do beans, sometimes not, um, and, and tomatoes. And then also I'll add in either a can of pumpkin or just some frozen um, pureed pumpkin. A lot of times at the end of the season, like after we've made jack-o'-lanterns and everything, I will take pumpkins and roast them all up and then puree them and keep them in the freezer so that we've got pureed pumpkin. I have pureed pumpkin from last year, so I think I went a little overboard last year. That's really smart. Actually, I recently saw ballerina farm <laughs> mm-hmm. shared a recipe for a soup inside of the pumpkin do you know my mom did that when I was a kid and I thought it was disgusting <laughs> it looked <laughs> very very cool and I'm definitely gonna try it we'll we'll see what the kids think but 
hopefully your kids are a little more forgiving than I was. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of feel like that's what this is going to be about, though, right? Is like this is this is this podcast is more for not more for, but but for the real mom, right? The mom that's got picky eaters or has kids that are not into pumpkin soup um, <laughs> because it looks beautiful on Instagram, but, but you know, is it, is it something your kids will eat? Or because do you, if it's not, or do you have the time to make it? Or do you have the time to make it? Exactly. Yeah. I think those are all factors in what we choose to, to make for our families. All right. So do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Okay. So I am Christine of Nourish the Littles on Instagram, and we, my husband and I have three kids, um, a seven-year-old, five-year-old, and one-year-old. And um, I began this ancestral eating or Weston A. Price lifestyle um, Seriously, I would say probably in 2017, um, but I began kind of like starting to look into foods and ingredients back in 2014, 2013, I would say. Um, I had read this book called The Unhealthy Truth by Robin O'Brien, and that book just, I don't even know why I picked it up, but it literally it angered me so much. Um, it, it just talked about how, what the food industry does to hide ingredients in our food. And oftentimes the same company will have the same product in the U S will have all of the really toxic chemicals and ingredients. And that same product will be in Europe or somewhere else in the world. And they won't have those toxic ingredients because those ingredients are banned in these other countries. And that it just, I don't know, it sparked a fire in me and it made me so angry. Um, and it, that was the beginning of the rabbit hole. Um, from there I follow, I began following this, um, blog called 100 Days of Real Food. Yeah, I just bought one of her cookbooks today. <laughs> oh yeah. I think for anyone starting out, like basic basic basic, I think she's such a great resource. Um she has great ideas to help people eliminate processed foods and start eating just like real whole foods. But um anyway, so that's kind of how I started and then from there it was yeah, it was a snowball effect. But I grew up in a really weird, I had a really weird situation growing up because my mom um, fed me kind of in a Weston A. Price way, but my dad was, um, so my mom was an immigrant and then my dad was American, grew up on TV dinners, frozen meals, embraced all of the processed foods. And then my mom would go to the farm and buy the raw milk and only buy organic. And she was buying organic before organic was even a thing. People thought she was crazy. (laughs) And so I would have a glass of raw milk with my toaster strudel for breakfast every morning. Oh, quality. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So it's like I had a really weird upbringing. Um, But anyway. uh, Okay. So what what in this space are you um, most passionate about? 
I would say feeding kids real food. I why? just I just want kids to eat real food. Um, <laughs> why? Ooh, that's such a good question. Because Okay. Now you really got me. Because otherwise, I mean, we already have a sick population of kids, but what what sort of future do my kids and my future grandkids have if we're not working hard to educate our kids on where food comes from and what nutrient-dense foods are and how to eat them? They're, I mean, we're going to lose these future generations. Um, in Price Pottinger's um, cat study, cat study, yeah, it was the fourth generation that became infertile, yeah. and I'm pretty sure that we're nearing that fourth generation. Um, yeah. I want to say my kids, kids will be the fourth generation, right? If I do the math correctly, uh, I mean it depends on when you start it, but we're getting. I close. would say our we're either there our, or we're... yeah, our parents' generation is generation one depending on okay. where they grew up um yeah we're getting there yep we're getting there I don't know yeah okay so on that note um <laughs> Corey so other... oh no, no go ahead what, what were you gonna say <laughs> um other than this podcast what do you do that's a great question so many things right <laughs> I know right <laughs> Uh, All the mom things and so much more. Uh, yes. So mostly hang out with my kids. Um, <laughs> no, I, yeah, I would say I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, however, on the side, I am trying to grow my nutrition business, and which is Nourish the Littles. And so that is that takes up all of my extra time. I like to read. However, I read multiple books at once. It's terrible. Um, I love being outside. Absolutely love it. And we have been really blessed recently. We moved um, and we're closer to family. And so now that we're close to family, I'm with family all the time. <laughs> so I would say that's, that's amazing. some of the stuff that I do with my time. Awesome. But Corey, I want to know more about you. Okay. Um, so so I live in um, Maryland. So I live about, um, depending on traffic, I live about <laughs> sometimes 45 minutes to two hours from D.C. Um, and I have four kids. My kids are 10, 8, 4, and 1. And um, I homeschool them. Um, I also uh, have a blog I have and my um, Instagram account is for nutrients sake. And um, the blog I just started up recently. Um, so I have a space to um, put longer recipes and longer posts than you can put on Instagram. And what did you, how did you come to this way of eating? Okay, so, um, so I, I actually kind of grew up with a little bit of a weird situation too. My parents are both Americans. Um, 
like we've been, you know, in the United States. My family's been in the United States for forever. But um, my mom has always been very health conscious. And uh, we, I grew up on a farm, a goat farm. It was hobby goat farm. We didn't oh, cool. like use the milk or anything. We just had um, fiber goats and they were pets. Like they were not there. We didn't sell the fiber or anything. It was literally just like my mom wanted goats. So we had goats and I was homeschooled too. So I was homeschooled K through 12. And um, so my mom had this like beautiful view of, you know, like you, you homeschool and you live on this farm and you have the goats and you make the soap and you, you know, everybody like goes in the woods in the afternoon to read books or something. Um, it was pretty magical. Like looking back yeah. on it. <laughs> it sounds incredible. But, um, so we w- we went through all of these different phases of um of I would not say dieting but like healthy eating and um I can remember my mom made veggie burgers one time and I thought they were amazing when she was a vegetarian for a little while and then um pretty much as soon as Sally Fallon's book Nourishing Traditions came out my mom got a hold of it and she started sourcing raw milk And, um, you know, we started eating all these things. The problem was, is that by that time that happened, I was like a preteen teenager and I had a lot of opinions. So I was like, mom, we just learned about like pasteurization and how it like saved all these people. And then you're going to buy us raw milk. Are you crazy? Um, (laughs) so, (laughs) and in Maryland, it's not legal, um, Raw milk's not legal. So I was like, wait a minute, you bought this on the black market and you're going to make us drink it? <laughs> so I was just like not into it. Wait, but, Maryland is one of the the states that it's not legal. Okay, so it's technically legal as sold as pet milk. Oh, okay. um, Not for human consumption. Right. But most people who, well, and back then it there was nobody in Maryland that it was illegal back then but now it's sold as pet milk you can buy it um most people buy it from pennsylvania or virginia depending on where you live um anyway so then when my when i left home i went to college i like did my own thing and wanted to eat the same way everybody else was and then i started feeling horrible and then when i got married my husband um and i just you know did the normal thing we had a kid and then we decided to have another kid and when the second kid was born she developed severe eczema all over her body like from about when she was about six months old until um she was one and when she was one my mom said all right listen i think you need to try taking gluten out of her diet and i did And this was after like asking the pediatrician, does it make a difference to, you know, what they eat? And she says, no, of course not. So you can try the steroid cream or something. And um, so I cut the gluten out of her diet and within a week, her body was completely clear. And so that was like my, that was my turning point. That's when I was like, okay, like this, this is a hundred percent food has a such a huge impact on our on our bodies and on our lives so that was about um that was 2014 and then by 2013 no sorry 
backwards, 2017 is when my fourth or third baby was born. And finally, at that point, my mom gave me a copy of Nourishing Traditions. I was like, what took you so long? Um, <laughs> but I started reading it and I just like went nuts. And, um, and so here we are. I would like to add that my mom also did not give me her copy of Nourishing Traditions until like 2015 or 2016. And, what the heck, mom? And I was just <laughs> like, wait, you've had this this whole time? And she's like, oh, yes, I just, I never had time to read it or something. And I didn't think that you'd be interested in it. And <laughs> you didn't think I'd be interested in it. Well, what are we, four Let years later? <laughs> yeah, right? Aren't Come we on. both chapter you- leaders? <laughs> Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I actually became a chapter leader. Um, I like read, I got, she gave me the book for Christmas. I read it by like, I don't know, January, halfway through January or something. And, and then I applied to be a chapter leader almost immediately. Yeah. So, um, cause I was just, I just knew, I, I mean, first of all, I looked for a chapter in my area. The closest one was like 30 minutes away and they wouldn't respond to my emails. So I was like, this is ridiculous. I need, we need one here because where I live in Frederick, there are farms everywhere. And there, there are some very conventional farms, but there are also some who are doing really wonderful organic work. Um, So I decided we needed one. (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I actually first became a chapter leader in Chicago and I have to just share this story because it's kind of funny, but um, I was telling my son's teacher at the time about the Weston A. Price Foundation, and she tells me, oh, yes, of course, I'm familiar with it. You should reach out to this other mom at this school named Janine. And um, she tells me Janine is very much into Weston A. Price, and she cooks a lot with organ meats. And Mm -hmm. I think, oh, perfect, okay. But I couldn't remember what her first name was. And so I'm searching through the parent directory, and I think I remember her name, and I see her name, and I see the email address, and I, I think, okay, perfect. This is the person. I'm going to email her. And so I email who I think is Janine, another parent at the school, and I start out by saying, oh, hello, I'm very interested in the Weston A. Price Foundation. I have a heart in my freezer, and (laughs) I just have no idea how to cook it. And I've been told that you're great with organ meats, and you know how to cook it. Can you please, you know, I would love to cook with you. Let's talk about how to cook it. Turns out it was not the right parent, and this parent was very confused and appalled that I emailed her, telling her about a frozen beef heart in my freezer and asking how to cook it. So that was oh my, my hilarious intro into, you know, Weston Price in Chicago and meeting Janine, who then became my co-chapter leader in Chicago. And um, but yeah, it was I, I get a good laugh out of that story every time. <laughs> so that's very funny. Needless to say. <laughs> Don't email random people about hearts in your freezer. You'll be labeled the, the vampire mom. <laughs> totally. Totally. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so obviously we've been talking a lot about Weston A. Price and um, nourishing traditions, but I think maybe it would be helpful to talk about what that actually is. Would you like to do that, Christine? Yeah. So 
Nourishing Traditions is a book written by a woman named Sally Fallon Morell, and she basically read another book (laughs) called Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, written by a dentist in the 1930s and 40s, uh, a dentist named Weston A. Price. And if you have the time, I highly recommend reading that book. It is fascinating. Um, It's a little bit dense, but it's totally worth it. A lot of pictures. Um, It's one of the best books that's out there on nutrition science. Anyway, okay, so I haven't actually read it yet. Oh no! <laughs> oh my goodness! It's, I, know, I mean, it is it is a little dense, but it's honestly once you get started, you can't stop because it's just really interesting to read his account of all of the different cultures in the book. Okay, so brief overview of that's nutrition and Physical, physical degeneration by Weston A. Price, who is the dentist, and essentially. Um, what he did was he traveled the world and he wanted to see why it was that back in the States, all of his patients were coming in with cavities and facial deformities and basically their health was declining and he wanted to get to the root of why. And he did this by studying the healthy individuals. And this was at a time in the world where you could still, he could still find, um, traditional indigenous tribes of people. And so he would go to them. He went all over the world. He went to Alaska to study the Eskimos. He went to the Swiss Alps. He studied the Native Americans in the U.S., the Maasai in Australia. I mean, all over the world. He basically found that despite the fact that each tribe ate different types of food, there were common principles amongst all of them. And that's when he wrote his book. And this woman, what would it be, in the 1980s or 70s? I don't even know. Who, Sally? Yeah. I think it was the, yeah, maybe she found it then. But the book, I don't think Nourishing Traditions was written until the 90s. Oh, the 90s. Okay. Or published in the 90s. in, In the 90s, yeah. So this woman, well, two women, Mary, Dr. Mary Innig and Sally Fallon, discovered his work, were fascinated by it, said, oh my goodness, we need to get this out to the public, wrote this book called Nourishing Traditions, which is a cookbook. It goes against all of the conventional diet dictocrats of the day. So basically the USDA. Um, And they started this nonprofit organization. And basically it focuses on ancestral foods, ancestral foods, farming and the healing arts. So I would say a holistic, more natural lifestyle of living. Right. And um, it's generally referred to as the Weston A. Price Foundation or WAPF or... Right. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a couple of different ways of, of saying it that we might throw out Yeah. There. So if you hear us talking about nourishing traditions or... Weston A. Price, this is what we're referring to. And we really recommend reading both physical degeneration, nutrition, physical degeneration, and nourishing traditions, despite the fact that Corey hasn't read it. But now she will. I haven't. I know. I need to I need to get that one. Um, I have read nourishing traditions multiple times and they just put out an audio version and I've been listening to that. So oh, that's a great idea. So yeah. my my seven year old is very familiar with 
the nutrition and physical degeneration book because it has pictures in it and the pictures, the pictures themselves tell the story and he'll go through Oftentimes I will find him sitting on the floor flipping through and he'll ask me, okay, tell me again about this um, boy or this child. Why is it that they're missing teeth or, um, Oh, cool. He's like, he's very, very interested in that book. Um, okay. Well, see now you've added the education bit and I have to buy it. Yeah. (laughs) Actually my kids, the, um, in July, we so Sally's Farm is in Maryland, and we went to Sally's Farm for a chapter leader event for like local chapter leaders, and we were leaving, and my kids were like talking about her farm and the animals and all of this, and they're like, but like, who is she, and why do people want to talk to her? And I was like, well, she's the woman who wrote um, Nourishing Traditions, and my kids were like, wait a minute. <laughs> she's the one that wrote that book. That lady wrote that book. We went to somebody famous's farm. (laughs) I was like, yeah, uh uh-huh. Yep. That's so cute. It's like, I mean, the first time I met Sally Fallon at a conference in 2017, it was in Minnesota. And I felt like I had met a celebrity and I took a picture with her and I was legit like, I am obsessed with you. <laughs> Did you get her to sign your book? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she signed my book. I think so. I, I have <laughs> never had her sign my book and I because I feel a little weird about it. Like, I don't want to be like all fangirly, but I'm also like, but but I kind of do want you to sign my book. Yeah, no, 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 no. I That's such a good point. Now that she'll be here again um, in November, I will bring all of the books that I have which is all right. of them, and just line them up and say, sign these. Not only that, because when my by the time my kids are old, um, older, I want to be able to oh, give true. them these books to them. You're going to pass them down earlier than you. your mom passed yours down. For sure. These books, yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should like buy four copies and get her to sign all four copies so that by the time my kids are older, they'll have their own. That is such a good idea. That is a brilliant idea. Okay. Well, now I have to bring more books to Dallas. Yes. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Okay. Well, I think I think we've covered everything for our uh, episode zero. Is I there anything else have. you want to add? No, just that we are excited to be on this adventure together and with you guys and we'd love to hear from you guys on what topics you would be interested in discussing with us absolutely all right thanks for listening everybody thanks for listening to modern ancestral mamas you can find christine online at nourishthelittles.com and on instagram at nourishthelittles And you can find Corey online at fornutrientsake.com and on Instagram at fornutrientsake.